You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. The Department of Public Enterprises says it will not allow anyone to tarnish its work and falsely imply that there is any attempt by the department not to be transparent about any issue involving public trust. The Auditor General earlier raised concerns with the Public Enterprises, Enterprises Committee in Parliament that she had not received a report on the revised valuation of SAA's assets. Now, there have been reports of tensions between Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordhan and Parliament's uh, Public Enterprise Portfolio Committee over the SAA Takatso deal. So, for some analysis on these latest developments uh, here, we are joined on the line by Chartered Accountant and Independent Analyst Kaya Sitole. Uh, Kaya, let's start with what happened in Parliament this week. So, you had the Auditor General Zakani Maluleke and uh, Public Enterprise Minister Praveen Gordhan appearing before the committee on uh, SAA, uh, the airline's final uh, for financial results uh, and the Takatso deal. So if we go back to the questions that have been asked um, about this particular deal and looking at what the portfolio committee have now said, you know, what do we know from what transpired this week, from uh, what we knew previously or perhaps did not know as far as that SAA Takatso deal goes? I think the only thing that we do know actually is the fact that only the minister knows what's going on. And the problem here is that there are two issues. There was firstly the issue of the historical financial statements that were missing for many years, even before it went into business rescue. So that was obviously a process that the Auditor General had to conduct and complete. And of course, because this Takato deal also emerged in 2021, it means that if she had come to Parliament and said, I'm, ca- I'm catching up on all the missing financial statements, they would obviously cover the period in which this deal was initially conceptualized. And that means that she would have obviously wanted to audit it with the same element of scrutiny that she was auditing everything else. Now, the problem with this deal is that from the moment it started, the information relating to how it was eventually identified as the right deal to pursue has not been provided. What we do know is that the Auditor General said, well, actually, never mind what the history is. By the time they started looking at the financial statements that incorporate that deal, a lot of time had elapsed from the time that it was it was agreed to. So they then said, we need an updated valuation because our responsibility is to provide an opinion on whether, given what the value of SAA was at whatever point in time that the deal was finalized versus what was then exchanged in relation to the transaction price, did the South African taxpayers get a fair deal? It then turns out that that information was also not made available to the Auditor General. So you can imagine that if there's a department that is happy to ignore the request from the Auditor General, everybody else making those requests is unlikely to find much joy. And what we saw in Parliament this week was an illustration of those tension points that have really been at play since this deal was put together in that the department simply refuses to share the information that would enable everybody to assess objectively whether this is the best deal for South African taxpayers who have poured billions into this enterprise.
Now, the Public Enterprises Portfolio Committee, through its chairperson, uh, sent a rather stern letter to the uh, Public Enterprises Department asking to be furnished with uh, some of these details. It's bizarre, Kaya, when you ask the Minister of Finance and he also is in the dark. And what we saw play out is um, Minister Gordon and uh, the Department of Public Enterprises wanted members of parliament sitting on that committee to sign non-disclosure agreements. What's your analysis on that bit? Well, I think it was obviously surprising to everyone. And the reason it was surprising is that we hardly ever hear of any minister requiring that those that are responsible for overseeing his activities to essentially be gagged and not say what it is that they saw. The problem with that is that at this stage, it is unclear what is so unique and what is so special about this transaction that then made the minister make that particular request. What we do think is a justifiable request is the one that says that, look, there are some market sensitive insights in these documents that if the competitors of this entity were to get sight of, they would use that information to sabotage that entity. So market sensitivity is a valid concern. The problem here is that we are not asking for what the strategy of the future SAA under the new shareholding is going to be. No one is asking for that information. The information that is being sought here is the information that would have been collated at a point in time at which the transaction decision was made. And it's a simple information of what was the value of the asset at that point in time. In time, there is nothing market sensitive about that because everybody who has now seen the financial statements of SAA will agree that the value was probably zero, with the exception of some of the assets. But of course, what we want to be able to do is to then compare what the Auditor General said was the value of whatever remained in the business at that point in time versus what the minister then committed to in this particular transaction. So nobody's asking for market sensitive data. We are looking for historical information that is uh, uh, three years old in, in, in reality because it's information from 2021. So there's absolutely no justification for refusing to make this information publicly available. It does nothing to sabotage the future SAA in in, in any iteration. So part of the problem as well here, uh, Kaya, is of course the allegations that were leveled by the now former Director General in the Department of uh, Public Enterprises. He alleged that the minister had actually interfered um, in this uh, deal and that, you know, the appointment of Takatso was essentially not above board. So that obviously is also something that the portfolio committee wanted to have sight of by asking for some of the documents relating to that decision. Why would the minister want a non-disclosure agreement on that, for example? Well, the answer is very simple. It is the minister who clearly has something to hide. We do not know what it is that he's trying to hide, but the extent to which he has done to frustrate the efforts of the committee in accessing this information clearly means that there's something that he's uncomfortable with. The fact that he keeps claiming that it could be relating to market-sensitive data must be dismissed with the contempt it deserves. It is absolutely nonsensical. I think what we also do know that in addition to the allegations that have been put by the former director general, who we must remember was actually complicit in the initial uh, decisions to hide the information when you are still on good terms with the minister. What we have seen in addition to that is that one of the losing bidders initiated a court case where they said, look, they do not believe that it was a legitimate process that resulted in them being exiled. That court case doesn't seem to have gone anywhere, but of course, if it had progressed, would have been forced through the legal processes to then dig out this information and find out exactly 
What was the decision making that led to the choice of Takatso as the preferred strategic equity partner? Now, at this stage, we have absolutely no idea. And unfortunately, this leaves many more questions unanswered and it makes everybody wonder what exactly is it that is so special about this particular deal that the minister's adamant should never see the light of day. And just looking at good corporate governance, uh, quite uh, apart from all the things that you have mentioned that raises so many questions already, Kaya, the fact that Takatso was appointed, then we told due diligence still needs to be done. Like, am I missing something? Do you not do the due diligence before you decide on who to award um, that equity stake to? And as if that's not enough... SAA, which was then meant to be taken off the table as another albatross around the fiscus, then they go back, take to the skies without any financial assistance from uh, this uh, preferred bidder in terms of the equity partner. Where does that leave the South African taxpayer? Well, the big problem is that obviously from the moment it went into business rescue, on the 5th of December, it has actually then used more taxpayer funds in relation to the procedures of running the business rescue process. So South African taxpayers have been funding this airline. And at some point in time, it was then said that it had been taken out of business rescue. But bizarrely, no one explained who was funding that because if the deal with Dagazzo has not been finalized, well, Dagazzo has got no basis for putting any money into here. So the question of where the money is coming from to run the airline remains as opaque as any other question. And the other point that you mentioned is that, look, the due diligence should have been done beforehand. Well, perhaps that's why you and I are not ministers, because that is the logic that we would have applied. That is the logic that we assume any legitimate business person would have applied before deciding whether or not to buy this particular airline. It seems that the way in which the Department of Public Enterprises and the way in which the minister engages in transactions is fundamentally different from what we know. And perhaps we are the ones that need to go back to school so we can learn more about how we've ended up here. Until then, we are none the wiser. Just a final question, and this speaks to the minister. Given everything that we know, given everything that has transpired just in the last week, one has to ask, why is it that Minister Praveen Gordhan is allowed to do the things that he's doing just around this particular deal, nothing else. You know, what are we supposed to make of this? It's very simple. He does believe that he's only accountable to the president and the president is not famous for implementing accountability with, ironically, the exception of this morning where he suspended the, uh, the, the minister DePaul Peters on the basis of what was said in parliament about her. So until he is held accountable by the only person who clearly can, and we now know that it's not parliament because he finds a way to run rings around them, we will never know what's going on. And it is the president's duty to then actually ask himself the very difficult question of how is it that a minister can act like this, can undermine the entire accountability compact that every other minister is subjected to, and absolutely no consequences flow from that. It is the President of the Republic of South Africa who should answer that question. Kaya Sitole, thanks so much for your time and that analysis, uh, Chartered Accountant and Independent Analyst Kaya Sitole there on the latest developments around uh, SAA and, of course, the Takatsu deal. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.